everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of WTF Anime, the show where we're going to be talking about bears, but not the fun kind. I'm Zevi, your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey, Joe, how's it going, man? Yeah, doing okay, doing fine. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah. ha- happy 2019. Uh, is it so far? I don't know. I- I'm-, I'm nervously approaching 2019 well going through 2019 <laughs> 2018 not great let's see where 2019 takes us so uh enough with that uh so we're, we're not doing uh we bear bears today i was really hoping for it uh no no you do not know the show apparently i i do not. okay cool yeah I, I was going with a joking bit and joe's like i i don't know what that is so that's going to fall flat. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, what we're actually talking about today is, as suggested by James D'Amato and why, um, we watched episode one of Polar Bear Cafe. It is certainly a show that we have both viewed now. And the title <laughs> is accurate. Uh, yeah, as far as deceptive titles, this one, uh, no, it it's right out there, puts it right out there. There is a polar bear. There is a cafe. The polar bear owns the cafe. Maybe. So, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. He at least works and appears to be in charge of the cafe. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, that's Polar Bear Cafe. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Uh, It was great talking about it. Yeah. uh, Hit me with the next time on. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, (laughs) Al. Oh, man. Uh, If you can't tell... Joe and I are kind of fumbling for what to talk about here. I don't think either one of us really felt the uh, the show all that much. It it happened, and I was <laughs> I I observed its goings on. Yeah, it it's a very much like a Schrodinger's cat situation. It could have been good or bad until I watched it. <laughs> it existed in both states, and now. Now I'm sorry the cat is dead. <laughs> I did not like episode one of Polar Bear Cafe. So so let's talk about what we can talk about. Uh, the opening had stuff in it. It sure did. Actually, the opening was... I didn't know what I was about to get into. <laughs> like, the opening's freaking wild. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, what, a penguin, a guy, a girl, uh, a panda, and a polar bear. Like riding around in this vehicle that morphs into different animals that are also jets. Yeah, it's a speedboat at one point, and then it's a rocket ship, uh, and there are butterflies. And there are butterflies, and at one point, is the boat shooting penguins out from it? (laughs) It definitely seemed like it was. If you were to take acid and go to a zoo, I feel like <laughs> this is what that would feel like. Like, wow, man, this is a wild time. I didn't even know that polar bears and penguins and pandas hung out. This is chill. It was so fucking incongruous. Like, it's just like, here is a bunch of shit that's gonna fucking happen while, like, the uh, the vocals are items on a menu. Yeah, I... I guess uh, I guess I'm gonna have to go ahead and, and, and steal one from the playbook of uh, Jake Mason and call this officially Buck Wild. Like, <laughs> the, the, it's nonsensical, just madness. 
mm-hmm. as an opening. And that was really fun. Actually, highlight of the show, the opening for me. I loved it. Because it was just it was just weird. Not for like the stupid joke, but actually my favorite part of this was the ending scene. Oh, really? The uh, uh, bamboo. Uh, what was it called? Bamboo something. Not not the song, but like the actual sequence of like the like live action for some reason, like Othello pieces. I'm like a huge mark for like stop motion stuff. So. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. If if that does it for you, man, <laughs> it was it was neat. A little weird that they did the live action thing, but hey, all good. So I guess we should get into the actual episode. Uh huh. And uh, Polar Bear Cafe episode one. We start in with a scene that involves Panda. By the way, it's super easy to track character names in this because only two people actually have names: the humans. Everybody else is just kind of called by whatever animal they are. So this is a perfect time to bring it up. Uh, after watching the opening and kind of like the first few minutes of it, I made sure to put down. I'm not going to question the logistics of this show. Since we have very little to talk about, I'm going to question the logistics of this show. What about individuality? Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works. Because I assume because her mom is a panda, but we only hear her referred to as mom. There can't be only one panda. How, how do they differentiate? I mean... It's madness. Are we being specious where all pandas look the same? There is another panda later on in the episode, and he he gets a title, but I can only assume his name is also Panda. <laughs> Maybe once you get a job, you lose the name Panda, and your name becomes your job? <laughs> when in the case of... I don't know, man. I'm stretching here. I'm really trying to work for it, and I don't, I don't got anything. So... Yeah, the the scene is basically Panda is doing fuck all, and his mum is just like, "Oi, do do something," and they repeat something that I weirdly love, like Japanese onomatopoeia. Uh, they repeat "goro goro," which is rolling or the sound of doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fun. I I know that you've told me that before, but it had. Uh... It left my anime brain, and just bringing it back up kind of makes me laugh. So, yeah, the the whole crux is mom's like, you're lazy, you kind of need to get a job. And this is when we see a gag that we're going to get quite a few times in this episode, which mom gets angry and turns the sweeper on Panda. Yep. At least I assume that was supposed to be a joke. There's not a lot of highs and lows here, folks. It's just, it's like drinking water. It's just a thing that you do. <laughs> thing that you do uh, s- s- several times. Yes. This this whole show definitely does the whole comedy is repetition <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I think that animals in this world are like, I don't know, uh, like 60% for... Then, then there's like the animal meats, but there's a solid percentage of them that is just physical pun that they're made of pun i'd buy that uh at least in episode one uh in this world and oh don't worry we've got some more issues to bring up as we get into the how this world works (laughs) 
Joe and I both had a, a quick little freak out sh- session that this place is really fucked up. And you'll see why later. But for now, Panda leaves the house, much to Panda's regret. They go out to a convenience store to pick up some stuff and also look for jobs. And then... Okay, here here's one joke that I kind of laughed at a little bit. There's like three employment magazines that Panda picks up. Goes up to the clerk and goes, hey, which one of these is going to have a job where they'll pay me to do nothing? It's it's the dream. It is the dream. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, you haven't found it yet. If you do, you got to let me know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's kind of like the funny haha in the scene moment. And we flash back to their house where Panda's looking through all the magazines and places a couple of phone calls. Yeah, so he starts asking around for like with these different jobs, and it is very clear that he has no qualifications to do anything or any knowledge of anything. What I love about it is that the panda unabashedly is not ashamed of this fact mm-hmm. in any way, and doesn't even try to hide. It. Well, can you use a mouse? No. Yeah, I definitely. I'm not good at detail work. Not really my thing. I see you're hiring for an interior coordinator. Uh, I just had one quick question. What is interior <laughs> coordinator? Uh, so, uh, as you might well imagine, uh, no job for Panda as of yet. So, I'm trying to think. Do we go back to the joke where Mom sweeps him up again? Yep. They they do that after he's just like, well, I couldn't find a job. Yes, I'll do nothing. And like the second time he is he is vacuumed, he leaves the house, and then preschoolers try to murder a butterfly. Yeah, it was they like tied a string on a butterfly, which I remember me as a preschooler, I did not have that level of fine dexterity. I would have just I would have crushed a butterfly in two with a piece of string, like a garrote. <laughs> Fuck. that's what would have happened if i was trying to tie up a butterfly as a preschooler but apparently in this world children have uh ninja-like dexterity see see we're learning about the world i have a question about this butterfly is it also sentient i don't know how insects work because we've only (laughs) we've only interacted with what mammals no no we we have what one reptile? We have a tortoise. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how insects work, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh man, those kids are, if that's a sentient being, and like we're just used to all creatures <laughs> on Earth just having a personality and self-awareness, those kids are going to grow up to be like serial killers. Jesus Christ. This show is secretly very dark. <laughs> I think so. Like, when you start to really <laughs> examine the world... This is this is a nightmare. <laughs> Panda doesn't work want to work because they they have to go out in the real world and know about these things that happen, <laughs> like murdering children. But but Panda does try to save this butterfly, um, and it leads him on a merry chase. This show looks really pretty, which I guess like that's a thing it has going for it because there's not really much else going on. Just that scene of him running through like the forest and the way like the light interacts with him is super cool. So 
hey, that's that's a thing that was good about this show. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of fun. I'm actually having more fun discussing the show than I did watching the show because we're really like tearing down into like the secret dark world of Polar yeah. Bear Cafe. <laughs> we'll talk about the really fucked up shit in a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me, man, yet. I, I'm anxious too, but no. Uh, so now we have with the whimsical journey through the woods, which seems like it takes much longer. Like the distance seems way further than what it apparently was. Because mm-hmm. we find out that Panda lives directly next door to this place. And Panda stumbles onto uh, the the titular Polar Bear Cafe. Yeah. Uh, so the cafe is nice. There's a bunch of humans sitting around it. And we meet uh, Polar Bear. Uh, in fact, uh, as the Polar Bear is coming out to serve uh, some food or beverages, I can't remember which, doesn't really matter. The butterfly lands right on the tray, and, okay, so if those preschoolers were dexterous, holy crap, this polar bear is a goddamn superhero, because mm-hmm. you just see his hand go over the, the butterfly, and I was like, so you're going to crush this and eat it? That's going to be real <laughs> fucked up. Uh, but no, you see his fingers wiggle a couple of times, the string that is tied to the butterfly is gone, and it flies off on its merry little way. Man, those are some dexterous, nubby, polar bear finger paws there. I was impressed. He's trained very hard so he doesn't have to use his paws for destruction. (laughs) Uh, He is one punch polar bear. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, Panda goes into the cafe. We meet the penguin who who was in the opening. I don't know if the penguin's ever going to have an actual personality or if he is just there to set up really dumb puns. I feel like he's there just to set up puns. He is the straight man. Well, I mean, look, he came dressed in a damn uh, suit. It's to be expected. So they don't have bamboo for the panda, so he just orders iced coffee, and then puns happen. Oh, but we, we've we've got to mention with the, the bamboo thing, though. Oh, uh, buckle in, guys, because that joke... That's not going away either. <laughs> Any one of the jokes that you hear in here, you're going to see it at least twice in this episode. Yep. So with the whole puns thing, we both watched this on Crunchyroll. So hearing puns in Japanese, you can kind of like, oh, yeah, that kind of sounds similar. I like that they used Romanji to be like, yes, this is the word that they are saying to give you a fighting chance at getting the joke. <laughs> I got that a joke was being made. <laughs> I feel like because I am not very or at all familiar with speaking Japanese beyond like a basic hello, that it is lost on me what they're doing here. Yeah, so that, there's like this sequence of the polar bear acting out things that rhyme with the Japanese, like, I will have a second order of this thing, which gets very elaborate. <laughs> It does, like, there's costumes. Yeah. That tells you how long this joke has been going on, that the polar bear has gotten bored with just, like, regular screwing off, and has started doing costuming, preparing for the next time that he will spring this joke on the penguin. What kind of world is this? (laughs) 
it's it's so weird to like think of like categorizing things of like okay if he says something that sounds like this i'm gonna have all of this shit ready what kind of weird conspiracy board uh, <laughs> like do you think that the polar bear has at his house just trying to figure out new ways to set up this joke like 17 uh annotated dictionaries yeah yeah it's definitely going to be like a scene from seven where they find the journals <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are making this place dark. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Panda is the sin of gluttony. We know this to be true. <laughs> that, you know, that's, uh, well, I don't know. Sloth could be could be offered up, too. That's true. So, I don't know. <laughs> How do you kill a panda twice in seven? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> yep. Man, uh so uh as he's sitting there drinking his iced coffee, uh Penguin and Polar Bear are discussing the fact that he needs a part-time worker at the cafe. And he says, "Oh, well, I've got four interviews lined up." Penguin's like, "Oh, really? I was thinking about trying out myself." And then uh we get Panda going, "Oh, hey, I also need a job." And thus we start the interview portion of episode one. So this is just like another thing of animals have no personality apart from no nature facts. <laughs> well, wait, is, uh, is it though? Because the anteater, I don't remember anteaters flexing and saying that <laughs> their skill is that they intimidate. I suppose that's true. That anteater was rad. <laughs> Yeah, he fucking, he, you know, speaking of One Punch Man, he kind of totally struck a One Punch Man kind of pose, like, I intimidate! Is that all you do? Yes, apparently. <laughs> I like when they turn him down and he just flexes the yeah. pose again. <laughs> okay, new favorite character, yep. Anteater. There we go. We found it. Uh, so what is that? There's... Yeah, he's the, he's the rad dude. <laughs> The one Shang beacon that we can hold on to is a flexing anteater. Uh, that's my next tattoo, I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, so what is that? There's uh, a baboon that w that might actually be better suited to gluttony, because his big thing is, I'm good at eating. Uh, we had the tortoise, which was actually a competent employee, but just too slow to get the job done. Uh, who am I missing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this like 30 minutes ago, okay? I know, and it's it's dribbling from, from your brain as we speak, right? <laughs> like, I'm racking my brain and all I can come up with is a sloth, and that's not correct. There's a sloth later, I remember that. I know! So yeah, they go through an interview process, all of them are shit, and then... A lady shows up that has a sloth that wants to live outside the cafe, and then the polar bear hires the girl. Yeah, he hires the girl, but let's go back to the sloth. That's... Okay, we're sentient creatures, right? And you just walk... What if I just walked up and be like, hey, yo, yo, can I live in your lawn? <laughs> That's not weird at all, right? I'm not worried that this person's gonna murder me as I sleep. He's just that friendly lawn-dwelling fellow. 
<laughs> the animals have houses as well. The Pella house is like, I guess like a Chinese uh, castle, kind of? It has that kind of look to it. Yeah, but yes, so it's not like the animals are out dwelling in nature. They They live in what would be human houses. So the idea that the sloth is like, I just want to live in your lawn, and that she's like helping him. Does the sloth have her hostage? <laughs> Is that what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, you'll do exactly as I say or they all die. <laughs> <laughs> the dark secret world of the polar bear cafe. <laughs> all the humans are ghouls. That's why they're around the coffee shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got it. Hey, I know. Travis has watched an anime before. <laughs> <laughs> might have yes they they hired this girl who like never said oh i would like to work for you or like fuck it anything uh and is that like because the way this is structured is it it's like 10 minute chunks of here is panda trying to find a job and failing and then there's another one that's like panda has a job and stuff it's like it's split in the same way like Western cartoons are. Kind of, sort of, because that that basically ends the first arc because the second arc starts with Panda trying to call the cafe to get them to deliver food to him across the street. Yeah, to next door. <laughs> yeah, to next door. And when they're like, yeah, we don't do that, he finally goes over there and Penguin and Polar Bear are busy flipping through... Uh, some of those work magazines that Panda had. And we get the repeat of, do you have any bamboo joke? And ends up with a nice coffee. So then we have Polar Bear suggesting what? Uh, Polar Bear wants Panda to be on Deadliest Catch. Pretty much, yeah. He's like, join this tuna boat. Which I don't think there's... Is there a part-time tuna fisherman? I don't think that's a real thing, right? I don't know? Yeah, I, I live by a great lake. There's not a lot of tuna that live in there. Otherwise, pretty much landlocked here in Ohio. So not a lot of tuna uh, tuna fishing gigs coming this way. I kind of got the impression that with the veracity that he's telling Panda to like take this tuna fishing job, that like that was his calling. That was what he always wanted to do. But his mum made him take over the family business of running the cafe. Like, that was his dream, and he just wants to force it onto someone young. Maybe. I know that in Polar Bear's idealized fantasy of it, there are definitely muscly, yeah. uh, muscly glistening dudes out <laughs> on the deck wrangling tuna. That's what I can tell you about how the Polar Bear pictures life at sea harvesting tuna. And so, yeah, that's that. And then we've got uh, the penguins like, Yo, what about a zoo? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> when when they said that, I immediately went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in a world where animals are sentient, and I'm not talking about like one class of animal is sentient, because I thought we might have like a bears motif going on where, oh, bears are, you know, like people in this world. But no, we've we've shown across the species boundaries that animals are sentient, but there's still zoos. Yeah. Wow. And what's what's even more fucked up is when Panda goes and gets the job, they say it's a petting zoo. So 
that'd be like, hey, preschoolers, we're going to go to the prison today and we're going to we're going to pet some convicts. Yeah, we're just going like, to walk up and stroke some people. That is so jacked up, man. This is like some crazy Victorian shit where they used to pay to go mm-hmm. uh, to asylums and look at mentally unwell people in cages. Like, whoa, hold your shit, Panda Cafe. It's so weird because it's like you you cannot have your cake and eat it with like <laughs> you cannot have animals like living out sentient lives, but then also they are attractions. And like they don't even skew it like they're celebrities or anything. It's just literally a fucking zoo. Yeah, apparently, uh in this world people are worse. <laughs> Well, no. People are the same in this world as they are in Polar Bear Cafe. We're all trash monsters. (laughs) Yeah. So so Panda has his interview, and the guy interviewing him says, "Like, oh, we have a few positions opening. uh, Open. We're looking for a panda, a black bear, and a gorilla. Can you do any of those?" And I like that we we get a little bit of a daydream of. Panda's life as a black bear in a black bear suit and Panda as a gorilla. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which just does not fit with the character. It'd be like, what is the least amount of effort I have to put in? Panda seems good. Yeah. So I I think he, he gets his job and then there's like a scene of him on like a train going through turnstiles and it's like, oh, I'm so excited to start my my new job of of being a panda. The train as well is, like, super anachronistic. Like, it's an old-style, like, tram. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And I'd say that this is where we start to get Act 3. So we've got searching for a job, or, well, being forced to search for a job, actually searching for a job, got a job going to a job is Act 3. So he meets his co-worker, who only gets named as Full-Time Panda. <laughs> Man, I think somebody's got a new Twitter handle, huh? <laughs> hey, Joe? <laughs> no? I'm actually, I'm actually really into that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Ah. Uh. Heck. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's like this crowd of preschoolers and the instruction he gets is to act natural, despite like all evidence to him being very like stereotypical panda. He's like, oh, I, d- I don't know how to panda. How, how do panda? Yeah. Uh, and it's really weird. He surrounds himself with a bunch of bamboo and he's like, do I look one with nature now? So I, I'm really not sure... How animals, like, animals don't view themselves as animals at all anymore in this world. So, again, just reinforcing that that zoo is super fucked up. That's so weird! (laughs) It's like, you have to actively perform the role of what species you are. That doesn't feel good to say, does it? (laughs) No! Mm, no. <laughs> this is terrifying. So, like, the preschool has come, and he tries really hard to be a panda, so he eats, goes down a slide, and rolls around in a tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the world of Polar Bear Cafe. We've got lattes and gross insensitivity to sentient beings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh boy. And he just like falls asleep and the, the, the day is over and then he goes to the cafe after work. That's that's what that scene is. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's pretty much the the entirety of episode one. Oh no. We have yet to talk about the most terrifying thing in this show. Okay, hit me. The way the llama sits at a table. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, picture in your mind a llama. Put that llama in a chair, and then make it fold its elbows back, rest them on a table, and put like its hooves in its lap. It is the shit of nightmares. I don't <laughs> know why it affected me so much. Man, uh, Joe's apparently got llama body horror issues. <laughs> And that's that's news to me. Uh, I'm learning along with you guys. This is a fun adventure into the psyche of Joe. It's it's the same kind of thing. Why like uh, seeing an animal with like human hands is fucked up. Yeah, it's one of those reactions that your brain just says it shouldn't be. Yeah, like when some people just see a spider and it just registers in the brain as terror because not too many things that are in any way good for you are shaped or moved like that. <laughs> yeah, th- this this llama is an affront to God and nature. <laughs> this entire world is an affront to God and nature. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I is it just this country that's like this, or is this the entire world? I that's... don't know. <laughs> I want to know though. I want to know that this is just a, a little patch of hell, and the rest of the world's okay. The rest of the furry the furry citizens of, of the world are, are treated with kindness and dignity. Here is my headcanon for this world. Okay. Um, so, the nuclear apocalypse happened. Okay. Animals got radiated into sentience, and then this is like the one surviving human habitat where it's like people being sheltered, so they think the world is fine. <laughs> That's the only way I can justify this whole show in my head. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, nukes that gave them sentience. I mean, maybe uh, World War Three was fought with sentient animals uh, as part of the, the front line. And that's why we have sentient animals. Maybe this is just a D&D. You can awaken anything in that game. That's, that's 100% accurate. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe... Maybe some wizard got a little too ambitious one day and Polar Bear Cafe World. I I feel like we're probably way off. And just because we're bad people, we <laughs> turned this into a dark experience when everybody else is just like, this is a slice of life. It's nice. We're like, no, this is where nightmares come to breathe. <laughs> I'll refer back to my earlier point of... I did write down, I'm not going to question the logistics, and then nothing fucking happened. So, here we are. (laughs) This is the world we live in now. By your hand, this was rot. (laughs) Actually, no, we both were were right on the, like, when we were talking about this before we hit record today, we're both like, man, this world's kind of jacked up, and it's only gotten darker when you and I have (laughs) sat and discussed it further, because that's what we do. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> yeah, this is how the burger gets made. It ain't pretty. But... <laughs> oh, that's what the cow butcher says as he slaughters his relatives. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say. 
How does food work? <laughs> oh, man. Are people now on the menu, too? Like, if eating sentient creatures is cool, does does that mean that human meat is socially acceptable? Maybe. <laughs> There's so many questions. Like, the polar bear is so gung-ho about fishing for tuna. Are the tuna sentient as well? I have so many questions. I think what polar bear is gung-ho for is the glistening um, sailor men, honestly. That's, yeah, well, you know. (laughs) I mean, you're out at sea. Might as well have something good to look at, right? (laughs) (laughs) You can only club so many sentient sea beings to death before you need to find something else to distract yourself from the horror of your occupation. You've got to do something to keep warm when you live in the Arctic. (laughs) Walking's good. Fighting's better. Fucking's best. (laughs) Man, I didn't think that we were going to go this long on this show. (laughs) But every time we say that, every time we get hung up on something, and this could be an hour show because we're just dicking around about what this world is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we already talked about the ending. It's weird that it's in live action, and then the next episode preview is like paper figures of panda, polar bear, and penguin, like on a swing. Yeah, it's it's weird that they went through three different mediums in one twenty-three-ish minute episode. So, I mean, kudos for them for using all kinds of media. You created a dark hell world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, that's that's a polar bear cafe. Somehow that was everything that happened at Polar Bear Cafe. (laughs) I think we're making it way more exciting and dark. Maybe a little darker than what it is. Uh, But, yeah, it's a... If you aren't bad people like joe and i uh it's probably a pleasant little slice of life if you like that sort of thing uh i think i've previously come on said i don't like slice of life most of the time uh and james is is right on par for what almost every guest does which is they give me a show when they come on that i really like and we all sit around and have a good time talking about it and then they pitch me something and i'm like hmm now, it hasn't been so bad as, like, actively hate, but, yeah, I did not care for this show. <laughs> I mean, it would be really awkward for a guest to come on and be like, here is something Travis would hate and just have you yell at them for an hour. At least, like, they're allowed to step away and just let you yell at me. <laughs> yeah. I Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. It, with one of our close friends, I think like, we could do that and they wouldn't get offended. Like, I could be like, what the hell is wrong with you, Alan? <laughs> Why did you do this to me? Why? <laughs> we'll see if that same trend happens next time, because we have a guest. Travis, look Ooh. at that fucking segue. I am a king of podcasts. <laughs> God damn, that, w- that was smooth like silk, full-time panda. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, next time on WTF Anime. So next time we have a returning guest, Lou from Lou Talks Anime and Manga Pod, and we are going to be watching Moribito Episode 1, 
a show that, at the time of recording, I had not watched any of. It was recently pointed out that we record in a very weird way, where sometimes we have guest spots recorded months in advance. And I'm just going to dispense the, with the fact that we record like normal people. <laughs> yeah, um, I said it earlier. This is how the burger gets made. It ain't pretty. I think we're going to, after we burn through some of these, we're going to try to get more like normal folks in how they record. Yeah. <laughs> where we don't have like six months in advance. Uh, a guest spot recorded because that jacks you up a little bit apparently turns out turns out wanting to record ahead might not be the best but yeah uh moribito i liked it a lot it happened so long ago i, I i'm gonna have to go back and watch it again because i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> so business yeah on to business joe hit him so, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter, we are at WTF Anime Show. You can reach out to us using our email, WTFAnimeShow at gmail.com. Uh, use both those avenues to give us recommendations of shows that you want me to inflict upon Travis. And I can always and forever, under my new Twitter name, Fulltime Panda, uh, be found on Twitter at the Joe Hatfield. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to change it right uh, now. That's so good. <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> Do it. Do it right now while I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, uh, I can be found at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And remember, I don't run the WTF anime handle, so uh, if you want to talk to both of us, you got to tag me with it. Uh, that said, if you like what we do here, uh, you want to hear more of us being dumb or playing characters, uh, we are part of the Lost Library. Uh, currently, we just finished up the Grayscales campaign. It's on hiatus uh, for the foreseeable future. But we also do uh, a really cool game uh, by the name of Fifth Watch. Joe, want to tell them about it? Yeah, so I moderate a group of gay, horny teens that sometimes are superheroes. In our minds, I think that we are, we do very little that is super or heroic <laughs> for the most part. Uh, if, if we're going to be completely fair about this, but I mean, they tried their best. They really do. Boy, do my sons try real hard. They're a good kid. They'll figure it out eventually. Hopefully. <laughs> so I guess uh, that, that's about it then. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that this is the first episode we've recorded since we've been doing this for two years and coming soon uh an announcement of something yeah yeah um we're getting um commitment rings joe and i wait no that's not it <laughs> uh, just stay tuned <laughs> travis and i are gonna get engaged in front of a church in barcelona and there'll be a choir behind it and it'll be great that sounds fucking rocking i've always wanted to go to spain anyways <laughs> Cool, that's the show. All right. <laughs> We've got some Bye. planning to do. Bye. <laughs>